Welcome back, everybody, to the Pass Forward Podcast, Episode 7, The Force Awakens. Oh, yeah, see? Good one. Spoiler alert, we're going to talk a little bit about Star Wars, and by a little bit, I mean a lot of bit. This is basically our Star Wars episode. Hopefully, by now, you have seen The Force Awakens. If not, you might want to wait, and you, you definitely want to wait, because this is going to be spoiler-filled, putting this right at the top. Yes. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert. Riddled. We're going to be talking about The Force Awakens in depth um, and not going to give it a play-by-play or anything like that, but definitely some major plot points and surprises. And uh, the reason we're going to do that is because it's it's just all-encompassing. We're going to be talking about Star Wars, its effect on pop culture, its effect on us personally. Me. So uh, look forward to that. But first things first, I am Corey Draper, joined, as always, with... Colin Harmon. Buenos dias. And Wes Allen. You had me at hello. Uh, That's a good one. Um, <laughs> nice Star Wars reference. I like that we're starting to do that all the time. Yeah. It's kind yeah, of yeah. a – anyways. I'm this running our, out. Yeah. This is our seventh <laughs> episode. <laughs> this is our seventh episode. And if you haven't listened to any of the ones previous, I'd highly recommend you do. Do that. It's a walk down memory lane, um, especially the Halloween and Christmas episodes. I don't know why, but I particularly love those as we go over our childhood experiences with those – pretty much child-centric uh, holidays. And uh, they're, they're really good. Some, some of them are kind of long. Bear with us. But uh, they're really great. So go back and listen. And I'm actually – I usually say this at the end, but I'm going to say it at the top. And for good reason, you'll know in a second. If you want to contact us, discuss with us all the things that we talk about, we have many outlets to do that. We are on Facebook, Pass Forward Podcast. You can search it on Facebook. We're right there. Uh, Twitter, at Pass Forward Cast. And email passforwardcast at gmail.com. And we actually have had some good interaction through email, so we definitely encourage that. One particular email we got, I wanted to read on air because, number one, it's uh, from a person that we actually don't know personally. So that's cool. That's like rare for us. Hello, stranger. (laughs) Uh, Everybody else is friends and family that pretty much listens to this podcast. And I'm glad that uh, there are some people who have discovered it and don't know us personally. And we know this because – this guy that wrote in is actually from the UK. Yeah, across and the pond. Across the pond. And we actually don't know anybody from over there. Sorry. We may be racist. I don't know how. but um, <laughs> Ignorant maybe. <laughs> uh, this man's name is Rob Brown. And we, we really thank you, Rob, for writing in. You wrote a very thoughtful and supportive email to us. And we're going to read a little bit of it. And he gives us a great suggestion that I think we're going to latch on to uh, in a second. So part of what he wrote was um, – I just wanted to send you a short message all the way across the pond uh, from the UK. He said, I I enjoyed listening to every episode of Pass Forward Podcast, and it's been nice to reminisce along with you all about many happy pop culture events from my childhood. Even though our two countries are separated by thousands of miles, uh, the US and the UK shared many cartoons, video games, toys, etc. in the 80s and 90s, which... Whatever side of the water you lived on had a lasting effect on us and which we still appreciate for the joy they brought us. So that actually is I, – like I actually had wondered about that is Agreed. how effective it was kind of American pop culture um, over in Europe, especially in that time when you know inter- internet wasn't as prevalent. You know, you just had television, but yeah, merchandise, that kind of stuff. I mean I know I personally had no idea what was happening over there. 
um, as a child in the United States. So I've actually wondered that. And so thank you for sending that, first of all. He goes on to say, a few years ago, I wrote an article for a pop culture website, which was entitled My Perfect Retro Saturday. It was a fantasy piece that detailed hour by hour from 6 a.m. until 10 p.m. my ideal childhood Saturday. So he used the time period from around the age of six years old to about 10 years old. And he basically not recounted an actual day in his life, but pieced together what would have been like starting waking up Saturday morning cartoons all the way to the time that he went to bed, what would have been like the quintessential 90s or 80s Saturday as a child. Yeah, which I thought it was cool that they even have Saturdays in the UK. I think that's pretty (laughs) awesome. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, Yeah, I mean, how do they even pronounce Saturday? Yeah, it's probably, well, there's probably extra U's in it. Hadbury Day or something, I don't know. Boxing Day, (laughs) which if you could read the rest of the email in a British accent, that would probably be... Uh, That's uh, not going to happen. (laughs) I could try Irish. I'm better at Irish. Oh, well, I don't think that might be the enemy. I don't know how things work over there. There's a lot of walls and old castles, so it could be anything. That might also be racist. I mean, we've probably offended everybody um, listening from the UK, all one person. So anyway, thanks a lot, Rob, for for this email. I won't go into the rest of it, but he's very kind, and we really appreciate it. And uh, as we always say, if you leave us a kind review on iTunes or email, whatever, we'll give you a shout out. We may, we may read a little bit of it like I just did. But we really wanted to point this out because we think that's a fantastic idea. Agreed. Uh, p- just lay it all out. Say what was your perfect Saturday morning as a kid. And that's going to be very personal to each of us. And I think that would be great for the three of us to go over. But it also would be a great way to interact with all of you who like to listen to us talk about these things. Yeah, We would love to know what was your ideal Saturday growing up? And it doesn't have to be 90s or 80s. It can be 70s or 60s even. I don't know the uh, age, the oldest age of our listeners, but it could be the early 2000s. I don't know the youngest age. Whatever the ideal Saturday was for you, let us know what decade you're going for and then let us know what was the ideal Saturday starting from 6 a.m. when you wake up or 12 p.m. in my case Mm -hmm. uh, because I slept – and you're Way a, too much. Because you're a bear. Because <laughs> I'm a bear. <laughs> and probably had medical issues that never Bears. went checked. Oh. And uh, starting from the time you woke up to the time you went to bed, the shows that you watched, the games that you played, the places you went. The clothes um, you wore. The clothes you wore. The, the gum you chewed. <laughs> yeah. I mean any type of minute de- detail of the things that you obsessed over as a child, the toys you played with, just anything you can think of that were special to you and that would have been your ideal Saturday as a child. Again, uh, you probably couldn't do this over Twitter. Uh, maybe you could. If <laughs> you're, a lot of tweets. Yeah. If you're like just really focused and well, short. Maybe you're and very efficient. Brief, yeah. Very efficient. Yes. Um, so at Pass Forecast, but – Passforwardcast at gmail.com might be the best way. Also, our Facebook page, for sure, you can do that over there at places that don't have character limits. Mm -hmm. And let us know, and we will read them uh, on the air for our next podcast. So, good? Very good. good. I think that would be awesome, and I'd love to know what everybody has. Absolutely. Including you two gentlemen, and maybe even Rob. That seems like he would have something to say. Yeah, absolutely. That. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Rob, if, if you want to share with us that article you wrote or just go ahead and, and, and write it in the email, we will definitely read it. And anybody else that feels free to share their childhood will, will definitely read it. So uh, moving on to the main event, mm-hmm. which we will spend the rest of the podcast on this because it, it is a, such a huge um, pop culture 
icon in itself, just the franchise of Star Wars and what it meant specifically to American cinema, but even really just worldwide cinema. Yeah. I, I remember my parents galaxy, telling really. me about the whole galaxy, exactly. Far, far away. But yeah, uh, I remember my parents telling me about how it blew their minds when they saw it for the first time in the yeah. theater in 1977 when the first one was released and they just like they saw it, my dad said he saw it like seven or eleven times um oh somewhere in that range it's i can't incredible. remember what way said it was a, it was an ungodly amount and they were teenagers like that was the perfect time for them to to witness and experience this this film and it's interesting that they were so affected by it and they didn't really raise me <laughs> like as a star wars <laughs> fan like i i probably saw them growing up the 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 you know episodes four five and six here and there but the times I really remember watching them truly was when they were re released in the theaters okay like in what was that two thousand nine or something like that that it was well, oh I think no it was oh, sorry nineteen ninety seven ninety eight nineteen ninety nine was episode one oh, so. that's a good point yeah. and they were re released them into the theaters uh, pretty much leading up to episode one yeah that makes sense yep um, and. I remember no. they were like a month apart from one another. They... Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't really remember the timeline of it. I do remember <laughs> going and watching them and my dad complaining about all the things that Lucas changed. Oh yeah, because they went back and like remastered a bunch of remastered yeah. quote unquote remastered. doing air quotes remastered um, a bunch of stuff. Stab childhoods, which <laughs> is that what they call it? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> exactly. Which a lot of people uh, definitely felt that, that was the case. But anyway, so. Uh, Going going into all this, going into Force Awakens, for me, uh, it was not through the eyes of someone new to the series, but it wasn't through the eyes of someone who was obsessed with the series. It was kind of on the in-between where I appreciated the series and knew about them on a surface level. And I must say I loved The Force Awakens. Hmm. It was fantastic to me. Uh, however, we ha- do have two ends of the spectrum here. True story. And uh, which one wants to go first? Because we have somebody between the three of us who has not had not seen any Star Wars film until a few weeks ago. Yeah. And then we have somebody else who grew up way Wookie. more into it. He's actually wearing <laughs> he, uh, Star Wars underwear right now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Covered by his Breakfast Club T-shirt. Sorry about that. Um, so I don't know which one of you guys want to go first. I. I'll go ahead. Yeah, I think for me. So I am the Spectrum side that has just recently seen the movies in the last uh, month and some change. Uh, Apparently, I don't understand how I wasn't deported before this moment uh, (laughs) without having seen them this long. I don't know if my parents were just like wanting to keep me away from space. Like I didn't watch Star Wars or Star Trek. Like didn't I? I knew it existed, but there was almost like a badge of honor after a certain point in my childhood that I didn't want to see them. I'm like, well, I'm the one last like kind of nerd that hasn't gone to the mm. depths of nerddom yet. And uh, so there was a certain badge of honor in that. And honestly, it just didn't interest me. It really didn't. I was like – because everybody – at that point, you know, in my life, it was – people had already said like, oh, it's a space opera or it's this, that or the other. And I was like, oh, well, I don't care about that. And so I just didn't go and see them. And then when the episode – Everybody, you know, uh, episode one, two, and three came out. Everybody just totally dogged them. I didn't even see them in theater because everybody was just making fun of them and how terrible they were. And so I was like, yeah, I think that's just the nostalgia talking that everybody loved four, five, and six. And then nobody liked one, two, and three. So seven seemed like it's going to be the same amount of joke. But I love J.J. Abrams and what he's done before. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll just keep my eye on it and watch it. 
And my wife uh, almost unmarried me because of the fact that I hadn't watched these. So she was the one that went and borrowed all the Blu-rays from one of our friends and like we kind of marathoned through them. And watching them, you know, as a 30-year-old, 31-year-old, gosh, I'm old, 31-year-old, I was like, yeah, I can see why people would like that. Like I can see why your dad, Corey, would be like losing his mind in the 70s watching that. And I've, you know, watched the documentary uh, on Drew – Struzan, the guy that does, or oh, yeah, that poster, does like all the yeah. posters, like mm-hmm. he airbrushed them all, and those were also Gosh, an iconic so historical part of that. Mm-hmm. And he did, and he's got a documentary about those. And so I'd watch certain parts of it, you know, over time. And did you see Spaceballs? That is actually yeah, that's a good question. The, no, and that is actually where I had my understanding of how the story went, ah, or so how I thought. Yeah, is I'd seen Spaceballs probably a dozen times because my parents love like bathroom slapstick and fart of humor and jokes and stuff because they're adults too, as we all do. Yeah, and so that was the part that I watched. Is like anything Mel Brooks was totally game in our house, but obviously like a different kind of nerddom when Star Wars mm-hmm. wasn't. So I'd seen Spaceballs probably more than a dozen times. Like I remember going to some of my parents' friend's house and being super bored and found E.T. on one of the shelves and I was like, oh, watch this. It's about space. And I thought it was like in the same ecosystem as Star Wars if mm. I'm really honest. It's not. A surprise. And <laughs> I remember watching it and like as a six-year-old and being scared out of my mind because it's a really yeah. terrifying movie <laughs> when you really think about it um, through the eyes of a six-year-old. Well, I mean, E.T. does make a cameo and I think one of the episode one or two. He's that's like, true. In yeah. the, uh, the scene where they're – the council or whatever, there's like a little pod that has a bunch of little ETs. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so. not to go on a tangent, <laughs> but, like but in, yeah. in ET, <laughs> in, I have, there's a theory that You might ET, know what the other end of the spectrum is in this conversation. <laughs> ET, it, there is a rumor that ET is a Jedi master. Oh. That's because in ET, like he that. recognizes <laughs> the kid that's dressed up as Yoda on Halloween and oh, he's yeah. drawn towards him and he can... He basically uses the force, if you will, to kind of move things and all that yeah. kind of stuff, regrow flowers. Uh, and uh, that kind of Wow, that broadens my horizons yeah, right there. my mind is kind of blown right now. <laughs> yeah. So E.T. is a Jedi Master. That's, that's impressive. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I, re- I don't know why, but I love it. Um, uh, so anyways, but, that's like my exposure to Star Wars is like very in the last maybe 50 days. Well, I want to know then – so you, your first foray into Star Wars was Spaceballs. So I want to know <laughs> when you first watched Star Wars, what was it you were expecting from Spaceballs <laughs> that you didn't get you know, from Star Wars? Like what did you expect from Star Wars from Spaceballs? That like didn't happen. Um, Merchandising. Like a, yeah. Well, <laughs> Spaceballs a T-shirt. Well, I think Spaceballs. What I didn't realize uh, in watching, you know, the first four, five, and six is that Spaceballs was really all of those smashed into one movie as well. Yeah. And so I remember when four was over, I'm like, well, that's not the whole story. <laughs> and yeah. like, really, there's like, there's enough of ending in that. But there's a lot of things that I didn't know. There's, I mean, obviously, like, I'm your father, blah, blah, blah. I knew all that kind of stuff. But yeah. I whoa, didn't whoa, whoa, know. Whoa, whoa, Spoilers. <laughs> hey, we had the <laughs> yeah. disclaimer gave, at yeah. the beginning. Yeah, for Force Awakens, not the other ones. Oh, oh. Oh. Um, but... <laughs> But I didn't know that Luke and Leia were related. I didn't. Fi- I didn't realize that was a thing. But outside of that, I had no idea. Um, there was a few other things that weren't that much of a surprise, just because you know pop culture has obviously spoiled most of that movie franchise. Other than that one, that was the one preserved by apparently everyone I've ever been surrounded by. Um, so I mean, I expected maybe a little bit nicer Winnebago, <laughs> which I guess is what they consider the uh, <laughs> Millennium Falcon. But um, no, I mean it. It made a lot of jokes at it. I thought like there would be 
I honestly thought at first that Princess Leia would be prettier. No offense. Yeah. But then, like, I underst- I get it. Like, later in the trilogy, the original trilogy, I'm like, okay, I can understand why, like, every guy worshipped. So, anyway, I think for me overall, it was really nostalgic to go back and watch them. But I had to watch them through the lens of, like, I see why they would like this. Because obviously, like, the special effects in the Avengers is extremely better. Right. Or, like, Transformers exists. Like, there's a lot better special yeah. effects. Did but you, what they were um, doing is crazy. Did you appreciate space, Spaceballs more after, like, getting the references? Now? Oh, okay. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like, all of, like, like, oh, that's why they said that in Spaceballs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The shorts. <laughs> like the shorts. Barf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, I'm a log. Half man, half dog. <laughs> yeah. I want to go back and watch that. Spaceballs again. That's one I haven't gone back and watched I, And I love years. John Rivers as, like, the C-3PO kind of character. Yeah. I, that's such a Was good that Comb the Desert? Yeah. I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Combing the Desert. And, you know, oh, Mel yeah, Brooks is actually, what's his name? Yoda. Wait, yeah, Yoda. Yogurt. I forget. Yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Ludicrous speed, too. Yeah. <laughs> light speed. Rick Moranis. Oh, yeah. Oh, We've gone so plaid. <laughs> uh, okay, so tangent aside. So you uh, watched, you, you blitzed through all of them, basically, yes. before watching The Force Awakens. Uh-huh. So through the through the, the lens of what did you watch them in order one through three then four I did six? four five six one two three okay so you watched them in the order the way yeah, should be the way God intended <laughs> yes hallelujah <laughs> so uh, did did you have any thoughts as to like kind of just episodes one through six just in general did you have any thoughts towards like the over overall story like once it got to the prequels and they went through Anakin's story did did you kind of appreciate the story like understand what was happening. Yeah, I understood it more for sure. Like I think it sent some groundwork. And someone had told me along the way, like, don't even watch one and two. Just yeah. watch three. It might have been even you guys. Sorry, it was me. Oh, yeah, there you I go. Say that, I say that in my sleep. <laughs> and so <laughs> like, don't, like, don't watch them. But like, yeah. they people watch it for, the, for like the merit of watching them and saying that you've seen all of them, I guess, is a badge of honor in a different way. So I, we watched them all. But I really didn't feel like there was nothing I needed to know to walk into four, five, and six. I mean, it definitely over-contextualized it in a yeah. good way, and it was good to have some of the backstory, but I didn't feel like I was missing that walking into four. Here's a random random question. Which did you like more, Return of the Jedi or Revenge of the Sith? I liked Return of the Jedi. Yeah? Yeah. That's that's a argument that had been going on hmm. on one of my friend's Facebook walls. Huge Star Wars nerd. Interesting. Like, and uh, he was making the case for Return of the Jedi. But um, and there were other like huge nerds kind of debating because they were like purists, you know, and like uh, or well, no, he was he was arguing Revenge of the Sith. I'm sorry. And then really? they were like, you know, Return of the Jedi. Oh but, wow! But he was talking about how Return of the Jedi was so hokey and like there were just so many things wrong about it. And yeah. I can't go. I can't go into all the arguments they it's, made. Yeah, it's kind of a time period it, thing. I wanted to ask it because it was an interesting question. I feel like I I liked Return of the Jedi more. And, you know, this is me, like, surface level. And then you, your first foray into it, watching all of them together, you like Return of the Jedi more still. So. Yeah, and I think it's more of, like, you have to watch it within the context of when it was released. You know, it's kind of like going back and watching, uh, like, Friends now, or even Seinfeld. Like, all of Seinfeld's problems could be solved by a cell phone for the most <laughs> right. part. Like, yeah. you, you have to think about it, like, in the context of its existence and, you know, even beyond that now. So I think when I think about... Like one, two, and three being released when they were, it's like because uh, you're thinking of what else was out at that time, mm-hmm. versus like back then, four, five, and six were like blowing people's minds. You know, one movie ticket at a time. That it was just so far above and beyond what had been released at that point. Which mm-hmm. was, well, I think for me, as far as watching all of, I watched them all over again before seeing The Force Awakens, 
and I watched them in uh, numerical order. Okay. So and I had never done this before, and I was like, oh, this will be interesting. Let's start with one, and it is the worst, so it's a great one to start off <laughs> with because, I mean, I, man, I remember when that came out in the theater. I was in like seventh, eighth grade. I loved it. I, yeah. I saw it twice in the same weekend. Really? I, like, I loved episode one. And this, again, so I pod racing. I, yeah, I was not a Star Wars nerd. I just really enjoyed it. Okay. I thought Natalie Portman was hot. You know, like I was, I loved it. And I had not seen it again since then. Uh. And watching it again, oh my gosh, it's so bad. <laughs> so bad. But then, um, you know, okay, so one, two, and three, and then going to four, five, and six, it like, once you hit four, they start making references, you know, to the Clone Wars and stuff like that, like yeah. little subtle things. And some of them lined up, some of them didn't, where it's like, okay, obviously they kind of just changed things a little bit there. You know, like you notice that when um, Obi-Wan tells Luke that Darth Vader killed his father mm-hmm. uh, and Luke's like, oh, you knew you knew uh, my father. And Obi-Wan's like, yeah, and Darth Vader killed him or whatever. He's like, he was a great man. It was just like the way he acted in it. It's like he doesn't – Well, wasn't it not – didn't he technically kill him? Like, yeah, yeah, and that's how they kind of justify yeah. it. But the way that the actor portrayed it, it was like if they knew at the time when they made it, he would have acted completely different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he yeah. would have delivered those lines completely yep. differently. But uh, anyway, uh, kind of tangent there. But like it, if you haven't watched it in numerical order, I kind of recommend it because it hmm. was cool to me. If you okay. can stomach watching the first two again, um, it, it's – and I, I know George Lucas didn't have this grand scheme that he claimed to have as far as you know how he was going to play everything out, you know, do four, five, and six, and then jump back and do the prequels, and all that's changed as far as what he said he was going to do. Mm-hmm. So there's there's some like things that don't match up, but it is kind of cool. I did have a lot more context going into four, five, and six, having Coming watched the first three immediately. First. Yeah, hmm, that's interesting. Like, and I, I watched all seven in the span of basically a week and a half. So <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but anyway, that's that's uh, just a random tangent. So, is there is there any other? So, you you watched all six, mm-hmm. and then you finally watched Force Awakens yesterday yeah. or two days ago? Uh, last night. Last night. Yes. Wow. So, we'll pause it there. Yeah. I want to go over to Wes, and he can kind of talk about his experiences with the first six episodes. And uh, Wes, uh, you grew up a lot. I won't say obsessed, but you 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 grew up a lot more of a fan of Star Wars than either of us. So, yes. what was kind of your introduction into it, and what 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 about it had you latch on to the whole series and everything? Well, this is kind of embarrassing because it's like to Colin's uh, credit that we were kind of born in a certain way where we were born immediately after Return of the Jedi came out. And then uh, we were in high school when the the prequels came out. So we kind of were sandwiched in between them. So it's like it would be understandable that we didn't grow up with them unless they were passed down to you. Yeah, like unless your parents liked them type of thing. Yeah. Gotcha. That is is interesting. Or older siblings. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean we are kind of a weird mishmash generation where it's like you – people our age that are obsessed with it are because their parents were like, you should watch these. Hmm. Uh, and if your parents didn't do that, like your parents and kind of like my parents, then you just kind of skip over it. Yeah. So, anyway. But this is kind of embarrassing. My very first exposure to Star Wars was actually the fir- the two Ewok TV movies oh, nice. that uh, came out in like the mid-80s, which like I was super Amazing. young when I saw them. And like I had no context because it didn't say Star Wars in the mm. title or anything. All you saw was the story of the Ewoks and this little girl. Going through it, and I loved them. I thought they were awesome, and uh, I think eventually, uh, and, and it's like to 
to say that you were introduced by to Star Wars by Ewoks is kind of like saying the same thing as <laughs> you were introduced to Star Wars by uh, Jar Jar Banks or something <laughs> like that. It's like it's kind of embarrassing uh, because. Ewoks are probably the least favorite part of the original trilogy. Yeah, like, little teddy bears. Like, oh, yeah. they're, they're just little Muppets or something. Uh, but when I reached the right age, I was probably about seven or eight. My dad introduced them to me. He was a Star Wars fan and uh, saw them all when he was uh, like, uh, I guess in his late 20s, early 30s. And uh, so he, he, he would kind of sit, sit me down and explain each one of them beforehand so that I what knew exactly what was going on nice. and like yeah. the gravity. Like uh, Darth Vader, he's the bad guy. He's going to do this and this. Uh, so how old are you here? About seven or eight, okay. I okay. think. And uh, so we watched them together and – Eventually, when they re-released them in 97, uh, we went and saw them in the theater uh, first day that each of them were re-released. And like I said, they were like about a month apart from one another. And I think it was about – I guess it was like two years before episode one came out because that was 99. Yeah. Uh, But it it was great just like being able to see it in the theaters minus the changes. But uh, (laughs) yeah. Which I can understand, by the way, why uh, Star Wars uh, fanatics hate those so much because in someone like Colin's case, I can totally see someone watching it with him and that little music musical number in Return of the Jedi come up and then being like, no, don't watch this. Like, this oh, yeah. is not – this is the worst thing about this series. Please do not watch this part. And and like the other like little weird, terrible CG. Yeah, that's the know, thing I think I thought about it. it. It was a little too early for them to be doing that because like Jabba the Hutt, yeah. you know, was – they didn't have skin technology yeah. yet like they do now yeah. to where it would look so believable. Like even in episode seven, which I'm getting ahead a little bit, but like the, some of the skin, some of the stuff, like I can't tell what's a puppet and what's not and yeah. that's a really good thing and that's yeah. the way it should be yeah it was just yeah. a little early anyways I'm going to say uh, but like also like I loved Star Tours at Disney oh like, yeah me too I remember I, <laughs> I, I, no I probably have going. a photo of me and an Ewok and we're the same height but yeah, what did what did you think about Star? Did you ride Star Tours? Oh, a ton at Disneyland. I just had no idea what was going on. But I was like, this is pretty wild. Star Tours. What are you doing but here? If you think about it, though, which I didn't. I mean, obviously for the first movie, but I kind of know how it's going on. But like Star Tours is a pretty big spoiler if you haven't seen the oh, totally. episode four. Oh, yeah. But uh, anyway, I didn't realize that at the time. But I, after watching episode four, I'm like, oh, that's all in the first movie. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Anyways. But it was such like a thing. Like I saw uh, episode one through three. Each of them I saw. I don't think I saw them opening weekend, but because it was craziness. But uh, I saw him with my dad. Like he was the only person that I would see in uh, Star Wars movies in the theater. So it was like such like a bonding thing. And I feel like Star That's Wars cool. is such like a family oriented story totally. in itself. So it's kind of become like a thing that like a lot of people have been passing down to their kids. Like. Uh, at work, like I'll go in the break room and I have an R2-D2 coffee mug. So naturally I get tons of people talking Star Wars with me. Yeah. And recently since uh, Force Awakens <laughs> came out, like they're talking about like, oh, so showed my kid uh, the movies for the first time and just like watching the wonder on their face and just being able to pass that on. And it's mm-hmm. like so transcending like grandparents can enjoy parents and, and uh, kids are now like enjoying yeah, uh, Star Wars fandom. But yeah, it's just – it's just a, a thing that I really have a bond with my dad, and so so. What did you think of episodes one, two, and three? Having you know seen the originals kind of younger, and then one, two, and three come out while you're in high school, 
Like, did you receive them well? Did you hate episode one like everybody else? I only saw them the one time in the theater and like it just didn't feel like Star Wars to me. Like I, there was nothing that I kind of grabbed – I grabbed a hold of. It, it no just, characters or anything? Yeah, it was just, it just kind of like, like – That was a thing? Like yeah. it, at the time, I was just like, OK, that was episode one. Were you, you know? like – were you excited for it or anything before? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, especially the first one. Like yeah. you know, everybody's going crazy for it and yeah. it's like <laughs> – I remember, uh, remember the movie Meet Joe Black? Uh-huh. The first, you know, pre like trailers on the internet days, the first Star Wars trailer was in Meet Joe Black, and people would buy tickets to go see that movie just to see the trailer. Yeah. To, they would watch the trailer and then walk out of the theater. Oh, I get a like, refund. People would go that far, <laughs> uh, and apparently, I, I mean, I never saw that movie. Apparently, it's terrible. Yeah. But uh, that's what I was. Gonna, I was asking Wes this a little while ago. Of like, you know, so many people were so hyped out of their minds about Episode Seven. At least in my vantage point, I yeah. felt like everybody was just losing it. So excited about it. And I was asking him, like, is that the kind of excitement you had then, you know, followed by immense disappointment <laughs> Yeah. about episode one? Was it like this, oh, my gosh, it's coming back. It's going to be the one. And then it wasn't. Whereas, you know, all of us have kind of collectively said it's been a positive experience with episode seven. Did you have like the same feeling? I mean, both of you can kind of answer that one in a certain way. Well, I think it's like I it came out in a weird place. Like I said, like we were in high school. So like I was I, I didn't hype it up as much yeah. like as most people did I like I saw it and I was like oh that was a thing but I wasn't I don't feel like I was like massively let down or anything because I didn't really build it up yeah. you know like just weren't dressing the, up at the theater and that yeah. kind of thing yeah just, just when the second or third one came out it became evident that like these yeah. just were just kind of hmm. and they're it's not like they're terrible it's just like there's so much politics yeah. in it and the bad CGI and like there's no like I said there's nothing tangible about it it's yeah. just like and it like Star Wars is such like there's so much dirt and grit to it like it's a dirty future kind of a thing yeah. and like none of those movies felt like that no. it was kind of squeaky clean because all Very the CG shiny. and all yeah. that kind of stuff so it's like I don't know. It just didn't – there was nothing to feel nostalgic about it or anything like yeah. that and I don't know. Yeah, and and we'll get into this a little bit later. But with The Force Awakens, you can tell they purposefully went back to a lot of those things. Oh, yeah. To, they purposely the original, did all that. The original series that – I mean it was like clear. They looked at episodes one through three and they're like, OK, this looks terrible and looks fake and we're going to do everything we can to bring it back to – like the 70s where we're going to yeah. use CG, but it's going to be yeah. – it's not going to be in the forefront. Yeah, and there's a lot more physical sets that it seemed like – it seemed like they built a lot more at least like interactive sets for 7 and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. which was pretty oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, OK. So Force Awakens comes around. And so did you get hi- did you get hyped up at all for Force Awakens? I mean were you like Oh, yeah. Super- I think I was at, at the point where it's like, you know, in high school, it was kind of the mixture of like, you know, I was trying to be like trying to not to be into certain things or whatever. Like I was trying to like be cooler or whatever. So it's like – but now that I don't care about that and I'm obviously not cool. So like I uh, got super hyped up for Force Awaken- Awakens and uh, I don't know. It's like from the – I remember uh, they released a teaser the day after Thanksgiving last year and we were driving back from uh, Chattanooga 
And I was constantly like checking my phone even though I was driving. Don't do that. And uh, <laughs> I saw that they had posted the trailer. So I pulled off into the emergency oh, lane nice. and watched the trailer That's three times. Bit. And my wife thought I was crazy. But <laughs> she was geeking out about it too you, once she, she was watching it. So I have a thing where if I know I'm going to see a movie, I'll maybe watch one trailer. But if I already know I'm going to see it, I try to avoid all trailers after yeah. that. Like, okay. Did you do the same thing or did you I'm the you, type of person that consumed everything that was thrown out there? I'm usually like that where I try to avoid like I'll watch a trailer and then just like let it be and not really research but this yeah. is like there's so much like surrounding it yeah. on so much like hmm. uh, just knowing that J.J. Abrams was doing it like if I had the choice I would have picked him as well even when there were rum- rumors about him doing it mm-hmm. and then he said that he didn't want to take it on I was like oh man that would have been so awesome <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah like I those the teaser trailers man like they like they could have shown me that like over and over again in the movie theater and I would have just been just as satisfied. That's like funny. they they did a great job putting together those trailers. Yeah. Uh, they did and it, it's not – they weren't spoilery really at all. Like no. I mean it was – I, I still knew there was a new droid called BB-8 even without you know like researching or anything just because so, everything was out there and almost impossible to avoid. And I say almost because I have a friend that actually he was like big Star Wars fan and went to great lengths to avoid anything. Wow. Star Wars. and I can't go uh, outside. It's on every merchandise piece. He had friends that basically would look at links and look at like his, like a cup bearer for links. Pro- profile and Twitter or whatever <laughs> or look at like go – like if he was in a grocery store, you know, and there's promotional things. <laughs> la, 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 there's like BB-8 oranges and yeah. stuff like that. Like <laughs> Horse blinders on. have friends go through grocery store aisles and make sure there was nothing Star Warsy in it. So he wow. Good friends. I need all their like, numbers from when I lose my mind. Crazy. His name is Johnny and uh, – the, the, uh, my friend Eric wrote an article about him on NewMediaRockStars.com. You could probably look it up. The title of it is This Star Wars Fan Has Totally Changed His Life to Avoid Star Wars Spoilers Before the Force Awakens. Wow. Uh, so it, it's actually – it's great. It's really fun to read just how far yeah. he had gone. It's linked out in the show notes. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, we definitely will. But it's just crazy. It's just like – and I totally relate to that. Like I cannot knock him at all hmm. for doing that because I mean, OK – I'm trying to relate it. It's, if they ever made uh, Back to the Future 4, I would hate it and I would probably boycott it. So I'm, <laughs> I, like, I'm trying to kind of come with like an analogy here. But uh-huh. if I say I was excited about it, okay. I, would, I would think about going to these links to avoid it. You know what I'm wow. saying? Wow, like, that's impressive. If it's something, that, something I just have been loving ever since I was a child and they're finally making a new thing of that thing and it's really hyped up and it's supposed to be really good, I would want to avoid everything and just – Go in compete completely pure and, huh. and have no anything in my mind as far as expectations going into it. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of a control freak. Like I, I don't even like I don't get mad about spoilers. Like I, like if there's ever like a spoilers thing over, I'm like ah whatever. I'll just read it anyway just so I know what to expect. And I guess I'm <laughs> just kind of a control freak like that. Yeah. Where I like to no have my hands there. in my own future. But yeah, like I. For this, like I, I researched the crap out of it and yeah, just yeah. like found out everything to know about it and I don't know. Hmm. So yeah, I mean they did a good job promoting it, at least from my perspective. They started promoting episode seven before I'd seen any of them. And yeah. so it was kind of a weird thing from like, oh, I want that little BBA robot. And I had like no context <laughs> yeah, for what, yeah. anything leading up to that other than that little cute robot. 
Um, which, by the way, he was really awesome in the actual movie. Oh, too. absolutely. I was like, bravo. Big fan of BB-8. Oh, yeah. You're yeah, like, I'm, glad, I'm glad that you didn't turn out to be like a Sith Lord or something like yeah. that. Like, or like the new Jar Jar. Yes. Uh, yes, thank goodness. But anyways, like I thought that was pretty fascinating. Just how even from someone who didn't have any context for even what would be a spoiler or like um, it was just beautiful. Like they were just beautifully yeah. made trailers. And even, you know, we watch movies nowadays. Um, if you look at the way that like some of the Batman versus Superman things, like you kind of give away so much of the story just in the trailer. Like yeah, you already yeah. have the tension set up and all you're waiting for is like, like you're the, what just happens showing at the me end. a movie right now. Right. Yeah. And then you look at the way that like uh, Pixar promotes or like take uh, Inside Out for an example. They actually don't give you anything from the actual story for the yep. most part. They just make you love the characters in all the trailers so that mm-hmm. by the time you see it, they can skip so much of that yeah. in the – beginning of the movie because you already love the character yeah i remember going genius. going into inside out it was just like that's a movie about feelings that's yep. all i know like, yeah and, and you already know all the characters names and everything you know which one's joy you know which one's and i was so curious how how they were going to turn it into like a narrative and yeah and yeah i mean it's genius so there's just different i think for this type of movie it's very there's a lot of potential for it to contain spoilers based on the other movie trailers of this style that are released like it so i understand like why you'd want to avoid that in a certain yeah. sense if you're a purist well so Moving along, so we've got the two spectrums. What did you think? And I think I want to go with Wes first this yeah. time. <laughs> what it, so, like, did it live up to your hype? You read all the way into it, like, all well, you, know, you, the you, you saw my because we saw it in the same theater, yep. we didn't sit next to each other, right. but. You you guys were standing out in the hallway, and me and my wife walked out, and you probably saw like the look on my face. Yep, and, pure joy. Yeah, it was <laughs> ecstasy. Like I was so close to tears the entire yeah. time, and it was just like not that it's like a, there are sad moments, but like it was just like my mouth was open the yeah. whole time, and it's just like mm. it's just joyful. Like it's just like it doesn't. I, I didn't need it. Didn't need to be a perfect movie for me. It's like mm-hmm. as long as it felt like Star Wars and like they really made like a movie for fans. Like this is the biggest fan film ever made. Yeah. Like you can just tell that like this is the generation of fan filmmakers, yeah. and they really like. I, I know a lot of people like probably dislike Disney owning Star Wars now and all this stuff, but I want Disney to own yeah. every franchise. Yeah. Like, Who cares? take Ninja Turtles, <laughs> take everything yeah. because you make everything so great now. They have such good quality control yeah, they over put things. A lot like, into it. The stuff they've done with Marvel, like I knew, yeah. I knew as soon as they they obtained Star Wars that like, okay, this, this is gonna, right. I, I trust them with it because Disney is just like yeah. they transcend any expectation I ever have. Well, it's funny. The, the look on your face coming out wasn't smiling, wasn't grinning or anything. It was kind of like a profound disbelief and just like <laughs> kind of just like a euphoric nothingness, I yeah. guess. Yeah, it's all real. It's just like I, I remember – I'm like touching walls. I'm like, this is real life. <laughs> yeah, we were standing kind of in a circle just talking about how much we liked it and – I just I think I had turned to Wes and I'm like, good, right? And he's just like kind of nodding his head and just like cracks his smile. No yeah. words. Yeah. Just no words. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, good. it was just like euphoric. It was just amazing. And uh So it lived it lived up to your hype and I mean so the the prequels obviously they completely ruined the series almost, right? Like they <laughs> were they were a huge disappointment. Uh because of all the things that just you know, whatever were changed or whatever it was that you, that you know about the world. Uh, what was it about Star Force? Star Force? <laughs> what was it about The Force Awakens that kind of brought it back to, okay, this is a great series again? I think because it's like uh, 
they just kicked out everything that didn't work about the the prequels and they kicked in everything that worked about the uh, original trilogy. A lot of people say a little too much because everybody mm-hmm. kind of say, says that it, it's too much like A New Hope. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that. I agree. It's like I, I, I know that they played it completely safe with this and I feel like they needed to. They needed to have delicate hands with this. For sure. And, uh, and J.J. Abrams said uh, like a couple of days ago, he, people mentioned to him like everybody's comparing this too much to A New Hope and you mm. didn't really try anything new. And he's like, well, you have to go backwards to go forward Absolutely. in the right ways. So I definitely think that in, they needed to just play it safe with this. I mean I'm the only sports fan in the room. But I mean whenever there's a team that is making a bunch of mistakes and has a bunch of penalties or whatever it is, the coach usually is like, all right. Tomorrow for practice, we're working on fundamentals. We're yeah. working on batting practice, catching, simple throwing. You know, if it's football, you know, it just like blocking, just the very basic stuff that you learned in Pop Warner or Little League. We're going to go over these things tomorrow because whenever something is broken, kind of like you said, you have to take a step back. Let's go back to what works. Let's go back to what we know yeah, is a foundation. A foundation, exactly. And we'll start from there. And so. On that point, that makes me super excited for the next two because yeah. it's like, OK, this was the one where it was like they had to earn everybody's trust back. Yeah. They've got it back. So now they're going to run with it. And we're getting a Star Wars movie every single year, not yeah. necessarily in the saga, but we're getting some form of a Star Wars Which movie. Which I'm kind of hesitant. I'm wondering if it's going to dilute everything. I'm sure but it is. I know but everybody will but like I said, what they've done with Marvel, we get like two or three Marvel movies a year. And like They're when I think it's like this good. is going to be the one that fails, like Ant-Man. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, Ant-Man is not going to. But like they they did it great. That was like yeah. I liked it more than Aven- the second Avenger really? movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think they played it really good and self-aware and stuff. So like I don't know what they'll do with the, the anthology is what they're calling it, mm-hmm. the, the Star Wars anthology movies. But I think I I trust them. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It may be too much uh, because they're doing it every year, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I like having too much of the things that I like. They're not too little. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought they did a really good job. I mean, I especially seeing it just last night. It's pretty fresh in my brain. But I thought they did a really good job of bringing – even like the joke timing and the humor style to today. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it, like, you know, you can kind of go back and appreciate like the four, five, and six jokes. Like they're almost dad jokes a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's like, yeah. ah, dad, like you punch him in the shoulder and it's all fine. Yeah. But are these ones like there was like just the almost uh, understated joking that they had um, between like Finn. I thought yeah. he had some good lines and there was just some stuff that I thought fit the kind of office humor that is sort of the de facto of like our day and age and sort of like Parks and Rec sort Mm -hmm. of feeling of like it's all understated. It's not actually – they don't realize they're being funny but it's funny kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I thought was some good quirk that they brought into all of it really well. Yeah, the kind of a point we brought up earlier about you know the original three having just super CG, this particular one – I love from the beginning because you know it starts kind of it has it starts kind of night. Obviously, it starts in space, and then yeah. it goes down to the planet, and it's nighttime. And there's this battle going on. And it gets super real because Finn's in his stormtrooper outfit, and this guy with blood. And it's like we don't see blood in Star Wars. Yeah. Like, that was that was intense. the first time we had seen any kind of kind of blood. But it was such like a cool imagery seeing blood yeah. smeared on a stormtrooper, like white. the pure white. Right. Like, well, and it, it was a great call too because now you knew who he was. was. Like yeah. I differentiated him between the rest of. The stormtroopers, mm-hmm. um, and l- like you said, the the, the original uh, the original three were kind of dirty and kind of grungy. Yeah. And, 
they went back to that totally with just the the Jakku, just complete desert yep. planet. Um, I loved that how they implemented it wasn't forced like. No pun intended. Uh-huh. The how they implemented the Millennium Falcon and Han Solo mm-hmm. and brought everybody back, but it fit into the story. It wasn't like here's cameos. It was yeah, like yeah. part of the world and it was believable. Yeah. And I think that was the strongest point of the movie is that like the Han Solo and Luke and Leia, they were not at all the strongest points of the movie. Yeah. It was the new characters. Sure. It was like they did such a good job of like picking the right cast and making very iconic characters, not only just the actors, but mm-hmm. like the Captain Phasma, Kylo Ren, just like yeah. BB-8, like all these people that seem somewhat familiar. That's what that's what Star Wars is. It's such like like it's more iconic than it is just like great movies, like yeah. because it's such ingrained in pop culture now. And so these characters are now very much a big part of pop culture now. Yeah. Now, now they will be for the yeah. rest rest well, of our lives. I, I so stink and love the the casting uh, from going from the unknowns like they did with the original just yeah. casting unknowns. Uh, I know there's something popping up where people are finding old stock photos. I saw yeah. that. Yeah, with um, uh, Finn. With, with Finn. Finn yeah. I can't remember his real name at the moment. Is this thing? They're not yeah. household names yet. No. Like I, st- I can't think of his name off the top of my head. But we will. Like. The the unknowns and they casted so well that they were fantastic, man. Like uh, Finn and um, BB-8. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Such a good actor. And uh, and Ray and just like Kylo Ren, I think did a great job. And yeah. I'm saying all the character names because I don't I don't know their real yeah. names. Exactly what you want. And it's just like the casting was just so great. And I, I think that's to J.J. Abrams' credit personally because every single movie he's done, he's casted wonderfully. And yeah. the the example I give is Super 8. I love that movie. Uh, one thing movie. I really adored about that movie was it really has started to be a pet peeve of mine when they would have movies where they were children mm-hmm. and it seemed like the casting directors just were like, oh, they're kids. No one cares if they're good actors. Mm. Um, uh, the most recent example I can think of is Modern Family has some of the worst child actors I've ever seen. <laughs> and Yeah, Lily's pretty rough. Lily, I mean, uh, oh, Luke and Manny, just like they're they're bad. Yeah. Um, Harry Potter, man, Daniel Radcliffe, Emma, you know, uh, Emma Watson and Rupert Grant, like they 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 eventually you know found yeah, their they way. Found their, their but place. as kids, as ten year olds, they were kind of terrible. But they're like, ah, oh, they're ten year olds. No one cares. Mm, somebody super, saw the light in them. Super eight. There were kids that age, and they were fantastic. Oh, yeah, they were, they were so good. And uh, it's it's. You, it takes a really good eye for these sorts of things. And I think J.J. Abrams or at least the casting directors that he involves, um, I mean, maybe giving him too much credit, but it seems like every movie he has, he it's casted so super well. Even yeah. the ones with the well-known actors, he picks the right ones. And this definitely was no exception. And at that point, it's like uh, – especially Han Solo, Harrison Ford like – to be honest, like in this movie, I only saw him as Harrison Ford. I didn't see him as Han Solo anymore. So, yeah. like, I know a lot of people like felt very emotional about him being in it and everything. Yeah. But it's like to me, like, I was just like, oh, it's Han Solo. Or, I mean, it's Harrison Ford playing Han Solo. Yeah. Like, hmm. I don't know. It's so it's like when the big moment happened, like I felt like it was the right move to do that. Totally and. Yeah. It was one of those things. Another kind of thing where they took it easy. Where it was, they they totally were. If you if you were tracking along with just how the story how story writing or storytelling works, like 
having Ray be very apt with flying the Millennium Falcon and him offering her a job yeah. and stuff. It's like, okay, there's a changing of the He's guard replaceable happening. now. It's yeah. like, in my mind, I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah. And, and it was sure the enough, Shia LaBeouf moment from Indiana Jones kind of feeling. Yeah. And then sure enough, as he walked down on that platform with Kylo Ren, you're like, You just I, know. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, this dang is it, happening. this is going to end poorly. Yeah. But say, it still was fantastic. I saw it. A, I saw it a second time, and I was like, "Man, it's still." I still kind of got a little emotional about it, and I don't really have emotional ties to Han Solo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so it, it's honestly, it's like I have more. It's like I the second time I saw it with uh, my wife and my my parents, and since you know, I grew up with my dad uh, seeing Star Wars and everything. Seeing Star Wars with my dad just. Uh, sitting next to us like he always kind of reminds me of Han Solo like he doesn't look like him or anything but just his personality and like even my dad that night was wearing a, a leather jacket and, stuff. Awesome. and I'm just like so like when that moment happened like I just I got super emotional yeah. and just like talking about the parents thing like bring our son home and just like all this kind oh, of yeah, stuff that's awesome. like Strange. just having my parents there like I got totally emotional about things that I didn't the first time where it's just like oh my gosh like I was just fighting back tears the whole time. Huh. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing that this movie had going for it that one, two, and three kind of couldn't is having that original cast in it because yeah. it does take place after the fact. Like you could – I mean having the original like Luke, Han, and Leia in mm-hmm. it is a big deal because that's just like – that. No. You really, I mean you could One, two, and three that. still had Yoda. <laughs> but like, CG Yoda. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But it's one of those things where like that was a huge uh, pinnacle of the first three – and having them back, I mean, that was like having, you know, all your best friends back from middle school. Kind yeah, of, yeah you know? totally. And how about that uh, lightsaber battle at the end? First between mm-hmm. Finn and Kylo Ren and then Rey and Kylo Ren. And yeah. there was something I noticed and, and uh, you know, I know you guys can talk about the CG in a second. But the, the, the big thing I noticed with that after watching the first six – this is like, wait a second, one, two, and three, that's another reason why it's so crappy is the lightsaber battles are so bad. Yeah, they're kind of like, hokey. They're very fast or whatever. They're over the top. But they're over the top and in those – the episodes one through three, those are the only ones where the Jedi are doing flips and like magic tricks yeah. basically around. Yeah. And I, I noticed that with seven, with their lightsaber battles, nobody's flipping over yeah. the top. It wasn't no a parkour like, contest. I have the high ground, you know, and it's just – there's <laughs> – Straight up sword fighting. Yeah. Well, it's like it's so much more riveting when it's like that. Mm-hmm. It, there's there's more suspension of disbelief when it's just yeah. you know that raw. Like you know they have the Jedi powers, and I remember thinking, it's like, why isn't he flipping over her right now? But it's like, no, that's that wasn't how it was meant to be. I yeah, guess, so. and there was well, he did get cuts, shot. Too. He did get shot. In he did the get gut. shot, and that was another thing too, where it was, it's you know you have. Finn fighting this guy who is very, you know, well along with the force. It's like, how is he even competing? But it's like, well, no, let's have Kylo Ren get injured. Yeah. So that has, to, and also yeah. Ray is very untrained. So it's like, how does she yeah. best him? It's like, okay, well, he is hurt. Yeah, he's debilitated in that and, sense. And also, you can tell he's still kind of raw. They set up the whole, like, oh, there's still light in him. Yeah. He's and, got a temper. Yeah. And it's like, he's still very raw and not fully trained yet. So I think he did a great job of explaining. Basically, everything leading up to that moment, it's like, here's why this is a good battle. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah, and honestly, you. going into it, I, w- I did not have high hopes for Kylo Ren. Like, it's yeah. see- like seeing the trailer of him say, like, you know, well, I'll finish what you started and just all this kind of yeah. stuff. I'm like, yeah. oh, man. Like, he- he's like a super fan for, mm-hmm. for Darth Vader and stuff. And, <laughs> and it's like it just seemed kind of hokey. But uh, watching it, it seemed – this kind of sounds weird to say. But it was the most realistic – 
that they could have done in that kind of world where it's like this is what a guy that uh, is struggling with the dark side and the light side would be like where he's just uh, – there's just raw emotion and like you know it may seem hokey watching it but it's like that's probably the way it could be like if mm-hmm. you're kind of struggling through that and you're like – you're kind of you have this family tension where you have like your grandfather is like that, but your dad is kind of like a uh, I don't know. You don't really have much respect for him and mm. all this stuff. And a lot of people say that he's just like a crybaby kind of mm, ones yeah. or whatever. But yeah. it's like I don't know. I just kind of emo. Yeah, yeah. I, but I kind of like that about it. It made it me, made him likable for me because I thought he would just be like this over the top yeah. villain. Kind I of totally thing. bought into him. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I, I kind of had the same kind of reservations. A little bit, and I, I think they did a good job of setting him up. Mm-hmm. One thing I noticed about him the second time I watched it, where he's a part of the Knights of Ren kind of thing, and I noticed that his costume is very knight-looking, mm. like his uh, the what he wears on his torso and his just tunic like and everything, and uh, his lightsaber has the stuff on the the guard kind of a thing. Was just very in his helmet is very knight-like and. I don't know. I thought that was like a cool, subtle thing that mm-hmm. they did with his uh, costume. Yeah. Um, and I, I know y'all have mentioned before in our private conversations about – and I, I, we're jumping all over the place. But I just, okay. I just thought of another point with the CG with the lightsabers. Um, it was it you that mentioned how – no, maybe it wasn't you. It was maybe uh, our friend Bradley. Uh, the lightsabers this time around, they didn't use just sticks basically. They used – Ones that lit actually lit up, so mm-hmm. it reflected on their faces. Yeah, the lighting. Was I noticed that too. Yeah. Like you see the red and the blue, like on them, especially in that night scene. That was cool, and it's it's so beautiful. Like in yeah. the, all the snow with all the snow at night, and just reflecting off their faces. Yeah, it just added such. That's what made it such a cool like lightsaber battle. Yeah, it's yeah. just I don't know. It was really totally. cool. Yeah. Um, so another great thing that they did was make you want more. They because they set it up where it's like there's a bunch of questions that need to be answered. Like, mm-hmm. you know, how did the, Luke's lightsaber travel all the way to the point that it did? And, mm-hmm. you know, how did where, it get did, there? where does Ray come from? You know, all these things. And uh, I, I absolutely watched it a second time because I think partially because it's like I want more, but I can't get more yet. So I'm going to watch this again. Yeah. There's yeah. two questions that I have about as I guess they're kind of holes. I don't think they'll be answers. Like, why doesn't Luke want to be found, but he left a map to find him? <laughs> yeah. It's like I didn't really understand that. Like, how do they have this like map, which was didn't really seem that complex of a map, but right. it just like went straight. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but I thought, like, well, I thought what that was implying, which I could be wrong and naive, is that. Of all the maps that they already have, he erased that portion of the map of his location out of all known maps of in the of the galaxy, mm-hmm. and then that was mm-hmm. the only thing that still had that portion of the map on it. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah? That's basically it. Okay, so he saved yeah. it like he just somebody had either saved this, the last known bit of it yeah. or whatever it was that and, kind of thing. And speaking of the map, Poe hid that portion of the map in BB-8, and then uh, he wanted to come back to uh, Jakku and he got thrown out of the plane or, or the the TIE fighter and then he goes away for a while but mm-hmm. then he returns back. 
Why did he stop looking for BB-8? I feel like he just like completely gave up. Yeah. Like if he was looking for that portion of the map, why didn't he continue yeah. trying to find BB-8? Because he knew I mean, that he was on the planet. May- maybe he was because BB-8 was only on the planet for as as long as it took them to get on the Millennium Falcon and then they were out and then yeah. they were never back again. So he, he mentioned that he was thrown from the ship and he woke up at night. So you don't really know what time he woke up and then you know went on his merry um, – but yeah, I don't know. And the one big one for me is like, I really hope they explain why R two D two magically woke up at the right moment, like after. Well, I have, they a, I have a theory the about that. I think it's because uh, Ray, like the the force, kind of a thing. Yeah. Like it was overwhelming, overwhelming power of the force, kind yeah. of like he has a force him detector too. built into him. Well, that's the thing is that <laughs> he was like, awoken by the force. That's why it's <laughs> called Force that's, 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 Oh, uh-huh. wow, there we go. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that's the thing. The thing about Star Wars is like it's just like with Harry Potter where it's like if you it's have good. all these questions, it's like, wait, why did this happen? Because magic. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. It's like, oh, OK. Well, any question you have, you can just be like, well, it's magic. <laughs> so it's the force. And it's yeah. like why did Leia and Ray have that moment like yeah. when she got up? They like that hugged was for like five minutes, which mm-hmm. I cried They have never point, met, but, but like they are embrace after she gets home. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because of the force. Like Leia has the force. So you saw her kind of tremble when – Maybe when, she knows who Ray is and yeah. they have some sort of connection. I would imagine so. I think that's going to be some kind of plot point along the way. Okay, opinions. Do you think that Ray is Luke's daughter or she is Han and Leia's daughter? I think neither. I think they're going to find a way to make it neither because I think Because it's so obvious. I, yeah, I think it's too obvious to go one way or the other and yeah. I I think that they knew people would try to speculate because of, because of the whole I am your father thing. Everybody's going to be like, oh, they're clearly related because that's how yeah. Star Wars goes. But I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that they're going – it's going to be a surprise and it's going to be somebody we didn't think of. But hmm. I, Yeah, I think – I hope it's like a thing where it's just like they're trying to figure out where did this girl come from? Yeah. Like all of them are like, how do you have the force? Yeah. How, how is it so overwhelming in you and like – we got to figure out. And really, they can write in anything they want to. I mean, we assume that it's passed down and maybe they can find out where it's like, oh, the Force is doing this new thing for the mitochlorians or all of a sudden manifesting. <laughs> don't, don't say that. Chlorophyll, <laughs> more like borophyll. <laughs> um, anyway, do you guys have any like final like thoughts of – Oh, so I didn't say my – I thought you know maybe uh, – I thought what I thought is that maybe it's Leia's because she, when she says I went back to the only thing I knew, mm. maybe – and you know her and Han had broken up. I wonder if she had met somebody along the way. Maybe there's uh, some kind of illegitimate situation there. So ooh, that's why the embrace mm, there makes sense. Gotcha. But she doesn't want to admit that yet gotcha. for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, and now I, maybe I think it's E.T.'s kid. Yeah. <laughs> Actually. That's probably it. He is a Jedi master after all. Yeah. Uh, th- there is like a, when Ray has her vision when she touches the lightsaber at the very end. I, I, I read this later and the second time seeing it, I totally noticed it. Uh, the original uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi – says Ray at the very end. Mm-hmm. They splice together his actual voice mm-hmm. to say Ray. So I wonder if uh, he's she's her his uh, grand uh, granddaughter. Yeah. So, well, so. and did you also see that um, in that whole sequence where there's things flashing in front of her, there was things that she saw from that's already happened and things that were yet to come. She saw snow and Kylo Ren in the snow mm-hmm. uh, and in the woods. Like it was that. Mm-hmm. That thing, and then there was one scene that didn't happen, hasn't happened yet, and it was her it bending seem. over, and behind her, a guy gets stabbed with a lightsaber, and it's Kylo Ren who's sta- and he's he's surrounded by like a scourge or whatever. Yeah, 
And oh, then it yeah. switches to something else. And I'm wondering if that's a scene that's going to happen in the second movie. Oh, that's mm. interesting. I hadn't thought so. that through. Yeah, that's what Wes was saying earlier, which I totally agree with, is like when that comes out on Blu-ray or whatever, like stopping and watching that sequence frame by frame just to like basically get the plot of the next two movies, it yeah. would feel like, you know, there's so much mystery wrapped in those like 80, 90 frames right there. It feels yeah. crazy. Well, I know that I am really looking forward to the Spaceball sequel. <laughs> Is that a real Where, thing? Please yeah. say no. No, I wish it's, it was. So I want one. It is because they're they're naming it a search for more money. <laughs> Spaceballs do. That that would be perfect, right? I mean, you know, he's super old, but like he can still, I'm sure, direct yeah. a movie, and just like that could be his like yeah. his last one, and they can make fun of Force Awakens, and even the really he can mix in the Star Treks that somewhere in there. I like. I bet. If you made another one, people would eat it up. Oh, yeah. And Absolutely. have bring back Bill Pullman. Obviously, you can't bring back John Candy, but <laughs> uh, like or Joan Rivers. Forever. So maybe that uh, would be a, a big thing. So John Candy and Joan Rivers are both deceased, but um, I don't know. I Rick Moranis bring him back. Yeah, that is true. Wherever the heck he is right now. I mean, they could find a way. I, I would love to see that. That would be funny. Well, anyway, all I know is that this has definitely made me more of a fan of Star Wars than I ever have been <laughs> because this movie was awesome. It was. And it really was. I probably will see it like, two or three more times before the next one comes out. And, I'll, yeah, I'm a sucker. I, I'm all big on experiences, so I will buy in completely to the, you know, the spinoff movies or whatever you want to call yeah. them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I – I'll eat it up. Whatever, yeah. whatever they dish out, I'll eat it up. Which so. we should go watch it in real IMAX before they take it out over at Mall of Georgia. We really should. Oh, at yeah. 65 millimeter. That would be worth seeing. Mm-hmm. It's like a six-story one. It's yeah, this is, this is the first movie that I've seen in a while twice, uh, more than once in a movie theater. Mm. I think the last one was Dark Knight. But yeah. Yeah. It's worth multiple views. You beautiful nerds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that wraps it up for our Star Wars episode. Um, happy 2016, by the way. It's our first one of yes. the year. Welcome. We have many more to come. We're planning on doing a lot more. And many more 2016s. Yes. And remember, everyone, email us or Facebook us your perfect Saturday from your childhood, and we will read it on the air, and we'll have a good time with it in the next episode at PassForwardCast, PassForwardCast at gmail.com. Pass Forward Podcast on Facebook. And until next time, hasta luego. Later, Snorks. Bye, Felicia. <laughs>